We all love the sound of money, and a $1,500 sign-on bonus sounds even better. That's right, Belicio Foods of Jackson is offering a $1,500 sign-on bonus to new employees. Receive an extra $100 your first six weeks, then $400 after day 90, and $500 after day 180. Don't wait. Apply online at BelicioFoods.com slash careers today. That's BelicioFoods.com slash careers. Come work for a company who truly values their employees. Come work for Belicio Foods. It's time to reveal the prize and clue start dates for Cycle Search 2022, presented by Total Media, along with the Tri-State Power Sports Superstore, Honda Suzuki Polaris Can-Am of Jackson. This year's prize is a KO250 dirt bike, along with an accessory package valued at over $4,500. That's right, a KO250 dirt bike. Clues begin on Monday, February 14th, Valentine's Day. There'll be one clue each day, Monday through Friday, till the prize pack is found. Pack is hidden somewhere in the listening area. Be safe when searching, and good luck. It's Cycle Search 2022, sponsored by Total Media and Honda Suzuki Polaris Can-Am of Jackson. Good morning, everyone. Happy Monday, and welcome to another edition of the morning show right here on Main Street TV. Of course, Jennifer here to start off your work week with our good friend Pete Wilson and the morning news update which is brought to you by Nia Henry, agent for Appalachia Realty. And if you are looking to buy or sell or have any real estate needs, give Nia a call, 740-418-4135, and she'll work hard for you, and she will answer the phone, which is great. All right. Well, yeah. very good. Excellent. Hi, Pete. Hi there. How are we doing? Good. We look springy today. Yeah, we do. Bright yellow, bright green. Boy, that snow this weekend was insane. Oh my gosh, they didn't lie, did they? No. Um, so I was out of town this weekend, but Jamie had sent me a video of Marley, who's a, a lab, so she's kind of tall, right. walking through our front yard, and I was like, it was clear up to her belly. And I was right. like, holy moly. No, you know, we had probably six or seven inches of snow, depending on who was sticking the ruler in the ground. Crazy. But uh, I tell you what, one thing about the snow, though, even though it was very cold on Saturday on the back end of that snow... It was a very light snow, and it was kind of easy to move. And yeah. the, the, the street crews seemed to do a wonderful job getting the roads clean, and uh, life returned to normal pretty quickly yes. for a fairly big snowstorm, it seemed like to me. That's exactly right. When it's not that like heavy, wet stuff, it's it makes it a little, kind of just blows away some of it, but... Right. Yeah, I, ju I judge everything by how hard it is to get out of my driveway. Right, so. exactly. <laughs> but so we were able to do that, and... Uh, and uh, there was lots of things that were scheduled over the weekend or uh, some very important things that we're going to talk about. And, you know, they all happened. And yeah, I don't know yeah. how that affected attendance or whatever. But, you mm -hmm. know, if you could get out on the roads and your own road wasn't too bad, uh, you had no trouble getting around and getting yeah. to these different events. You know, I wondered if they would be held, but but they were and uh, they all seemed to be successful. And so we're going to we got a lot of news, got a lot of ground to cover today, Jennifer, and going to have some help. From uh, the new staff, Philip Buffington will be in okay. uh, to talk about one of the big news stories that we had in uh, the Saturday paper. Sure. And uh, also, Jeremiah Shaver will be in uh, to talk about a big event, that one of the big events that happened over the weekend, a, a fundraiser. Okay. There were actually three fundraisers, and they were all very successful, it seemed like. And, uh, you know, you put them all together. And it really tells you how people in Jackson County and the Jackson County area can come together for a good cause. Right. Uh, you know, I know probably a lot of small towns say that, and maybe most small towns are that way. But Jackson County seems to be able to step up to the plate 
when they need to. This is the the beauty of living in small communities where folks take care of each other, right, Pete? Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, we will we will talk about all those things uh, here in just a little bit, but we're going to start off with a, a a story that I know you can comment on. And uh, this was a big business story, Jennifer, of course, that broke in our Saturday paper, and we appreciate you helping us uh, get the information out there correctly. And that, of course, is Arch and Eddie's Gathering Place. You're in Jamie's Restaurant. Yep. Uh, I know it surprised a lot of people. You sold yes. to uh, a couple, another couple who uh, are Jackson area residents. Yep. Going to keep it locally owned. That's right. Uh, and we're talking about uh, uh, Josh and uh, Josh and Katie Powers. Josh yep. and Katie Powers. And uh, the wonderful thing about it, not only are they a local couple, just like you and Jamie, and they live in the Jackson area, they emphasize they're not going to change a doggone thing. They like they like how you've done it. And that is really their message to the public starting out. You know, yeah, Pete. And and I know it was such a surprise to, to folks. And in a small town, it's kind of hard to keep secrets. <laughs> but, um, you know... Th- we did work behind the scenes, kind of do do the the deal there. And um, listen, here's the deal: Jamie and I have a lot going on. We um, when we talked to Josh and Katie, I won't say that we hadn't been approached before, but we wouldn't talk to somebody that we didn't feel like passing our baby on to that would care for her exactly the same way or better than we did. And Josh and Katie are the couple to do that. Um, They're amazing. There's all kind of uh, restaurant experience there between both of them. Um, they are excited. They are, I, their enthusiasm is infectious. And um, we are so happy for them. And um, it's going to be great. And, you know, we will be around. We're, we're not going anywhere. So, you know, if there's any, you know, questions or whatever, but I don't feel like that will even be needed. It's She's in great hands and the staff's excited. And, you know, it's a hard adjustment. But um, I think over the weekend, they got really, really excited about, you know, just the the new you know, ownership and, and that they're going to be there and it's just going to be awesome. Well, so. you know, it's obviously a great opportunity for them. I understand there were there, uh, why they're excited. They're being handed a great opportunity there, a restaurant, very successful for a long time, root, deep roots in Jackson, all sure. the way back, as you told me to 1947, yes. locally owned sit down restaurant that, uh, has an area wide reputation actually. And, uh, when I talked to Josh briefly on the phone on Friday morning, you know, he was emphasizing, you know, we want to keep on keeping on with the way Jamie and Jennifer did it. He said, we want to maintain the ideas and traditions of Arch and Eddie's. We are not going to let anybody down on that. And they couldn't have emphasized that enough. So certainly a uh, very, very good luck to them here in the future. And I know that begs the question, and I know you can answer this right now. Uh, of course, that's not the only thing you do here in Jackson. Mm-hmm. You have Sixth Sense and you have the Tap Room, also very, mm-hmm. very, uh, very successful as well. Been very popular since you started that just several years ago. I presume you're going to continue with that. Yes. Yeah, so we um, actually will will um, maintain ownership of Sixth Sense Brewing and the Tap Room, and we'll continue to operate that. And with our expansion. Uh, that we did a few doors down there on Main. And then we have that empty lot where the uh, Eagles building was torn down. So, um, you know, if you all remember, I don't know if you all remember or not, but but through a lot of work, 
um, from our friend Sam Brady and Taylor Stepp and the mayor and a whole lot of other people were involved in, you know, tearing down that building because it was very unsafe. And then we were able to acquire that lot. So because of that, we promised, you know, we have an obligation to do something really cool in downtown Jackson. And so, um, that's what we kind of have in the works right now. Um, I can't even say exactly what it's going to be, but I, um, think that it will be really cool. Probably be some sort of patio where folks can gather and just, you know, hang out and, and, you know, people can bring their families and things like that. So we, um, we're working toward kind of that project. We also have with the expansion of the brewery bought a, a new canning line, which is, I mean, it's, it's, game changing. So that's going to allow us to distribute more across the state and that kind of thing. So, you know, we're not going anywhere. We're just kind of changing our focus a little bit just because we weren't able to give uh, all the attention. You know, honestly, that restaurant needs a lot of attention and we just weren't able to do it. Right. Um, well, and, know, and the new well, owners will. Right. There was and they're a, awesome. There was a lot that you were trying to do. And I know yeah. that, uh, you know, you made the point, and I think it's important, uh, you know, you just weren't going to sell this to anybody. No. Uh, you were thinking not only not only from a business standpoint, from, from what your needs were, but also thinking about the community and what that and restaurant the, has been and the staff. for so many years. I know the employees yes. are always something, you know, that, that an owner has to be concerned with when everything changes hands. Absolutely. You know, our, our, you know, those, those folks up there are our children. We don't have children of our own, you know, and, and they are, um, very important to us. So, you know, it was very important to us to, to make sure that they would still have jobs and right. all of that. So, right. And I know one of the other things that Josh said to me, I didn't put this in the story, but he said, you know, their goal is to, uh, you know, have a happy staff and have happy customers. And you know, if you do those two things, you'll probably succeed. There you go. You can't go wrong with happy staff, happy customers. So. All right. Well, anyway, uh, one of the big business stories that, uh, reported in last Saturday's paper uh, on the front page. OK, we're going to turn to some other news now. Uh, this is a county kind of like a county government type story, Jennifer. Okay. There's a, there is a board called the Community Improvement Board. You don't hear much about it, mm -hmm. but it's very important kind of behind the scenes. That is the uh, group, the committee that uh, approves projects done with the county sales tax. Now, the county sales tax goes back to 1987. That was when voters passed it. Jackson County is unique in that they have a formula uh, they have a 1%, they, it's now 1.5%, mm -hmm. but they have a, a formula where the sales tax is divided three ways. Um, half of it, well, half of it goes to the county and the Jackson County Correctional Facility. Okay. So half of it is divided between those two things, the county's general fund and the Jackson County Correctional Facility to pay for jail costs. Because when they built the jail, it was one thing to build it. You have to have money to operate it and staff it and so forth. So the other half is divided between the municipalities and townships for what they call public improvement projects. Mm -hmm. You know, a bricks and mortar type things, not salaries or, sure. or insurance or anything like that. Uh, so the CIB... Uh, is the committee that approves annual projects made for, uh, that, are, that are accomplished through sales tax revenue. Mm -hmm. And they have kind of restructured that. Uh, the county commissioners, the current county commissioners felt that it needed to be changed. 
uh, and have a little bit more oversight. And uh, the members of the newly structured CIB are Wellston Mayor Charlie Hudson, Wellston Safety Service Director Anthony Brenner, Jackson County Auditor Tiffany Ridgeway, Bloomfield Township Trustee Danny Neal, Milton Township Trustee James Hollinghead, Wellston Board of Education President Terry Gill, and then from the City of Jackson, these appointees were added to the CIB just recently. Uh, that's Jackson City Auditor Brett Reed, Jackson Mayor Randy Evans, and Jackson County Municipal Court Clerk Derek Kills. They will represent okay. the City of Jackson. The first meeting of this newly structured CIB will be 6 p.m. Tuesday at the Jackson City Council Chambers. We'll be covering that meeting and uh, that will be a that will be a meeting where many projects that have been submitted by the city and the township should be improved. So, so very uh, important news happening there. Uh, so that is uh, two of our main stories. And uh, Philip Buffington is in the room. He has covered our CIB and our commissioners that I just told you about. But he has covered a very another very important thing that is developing a very important developing story, and okay. that is about a proposed solar plant, solar farm, that would be in Bloomfield Township yes. on reclaimed uh, strip mine land. Right. That process is moving along right now. There's been a major development uh, in that uh, there's going to be a public meeting coming up in the very near future where okay. the public can weigh in on this. Hadn't heard a lot about that right. in the, in the past, like recently. Right. Well, we had a story on the front page of our Saturday paper that Philip wrote, and I'm having him to come in and talk about it because he knows more about it than anybody uh, on our staff. Well, that's right. And just besides, we've missed his smiling face. Come on over, Phil. It's good to see you. Thanks. It's good to see you too. Okay. He's lying, but I appreciate him saying that. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> so, so no, the the solar plant is like there was like a big story there for a minute, and then yeah. it just kind of disappeared, and then you heard a little bit about it, and then it disappeared. So now we're back again. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they had. Their first meeting would have been in July of last year. Um, there weren't very many people there at all. Because no a, one knew about it. Right. We only found about found out about <laughs> it a couple of days in advance, and it wasn't from the company. It was from uh, a Bloomfield Township trustee candidate at the time. Um, but we, we actually went and covered that. The fallout afterward was really what got the story started to begin with. Uh, there were a group of citizens that live out that way that would be directly affected by this that were particularly upset with the fact that they weren't contacted. Mm -hmm. um, so <clears throat> what got this started was one of the uh, forerunners of that concerned group of citizens, Dana Schutte, who actually put the signs out that you might've seen, you know, along There's the road. There's the ones like call, you know, yeah. it's like a number, yep. like if you're concerned. Okay. Yep. Okay. And she had actually gone along with her partner and a couple of others uh, to a commissioner's meeting last year, you know, a few months after the first meeting and expressed some of their concerns with it. Aside from, you know, not wanting to necessarily live next to anything like this, um, you know, some of the concerns that they mentioned specifically were uh, wildlife, wildlife habitat deg degradation, some health risks that could be tied to some mm -hmm. of the chemicals maybe in the solar panels and water runoff. Uh, that from was that. my question. Yeah. And fortunately, now yes. that we have enough time to let everyone know, you know, in advance that this meeting's coming up, uh, they can come. It's, it's, it's basically going to be a repeat of the first meeting since they understand that not many people came the first mm -hmm. time around. Call Aaron Brockovich if you have a trouble. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> but uh, this, this next meeting will be on Tuesday, the 22nd, from 6 to 8 at Park's Edge okay. um, in Jackson. 
Um, they will have representatives from the company behind this project, which is which is Sun Energy One. They're mm-hmm. based out of North Carolina. This is their first project in Ohio, um, but they're one of the world's leading uh, solar energy companies. So they will have representatives from their company there, um, and they'll give an overview of the project, where it is now. Uh, they'll afford people the opportunity to ask questions. Uh, I'm sure they'll have some representatives from the um, Ohio Power Siting Board there again, like they did last time, Okay, which is the, the group that's going to have to approve their um, applications for this project for it to move forward. But if everything goes the way that they expect it to, and this was exactly what they said last summer too, um, construction at the site is actually supposed to begin uh, toward the end of this year, and then commercial operation would, would kick off next year in 2023. But this is just over 2,000 acres of land in Bloomfield Township, and it would be a 140-megawatt solar power plant. Um, but, yeah, they, they've gone through a lot of the steps thus far. They're still um, – I think they – let's see when they actually submitted that. On September 29th of last year, this project, which is being called the Dixon Run Solar LLC um, – they submitted to the Ohio Power Siting Board its application for a certificate of environmental compatibility and public need to construct, operate, and maintain the facility. So there are numerous things that they need to do before any of this stuff can get started. By the time the meeting was held last year, they had already filed uh, regulatory filings with AEP and the uh, Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. But they, and, and even though we really only heard about this last year for the first time. Mm-hmm. This company's actually been in the county since about 2016 to get the land. Uh-huh. So the land acquisition part of the project has been going on for almost six years now. But, you know, when I did a little bit of digging after this, when I found out about it the first time and, you know, I contacted recorder Krista Brown, tried to, you know, find out who maybe was behind this. It's three private property owners that that gave up this land, and so it's not really for public record. I mean, it could we could easily find out, but well, yeah, you could just it, go research the right, do a title search and figure it out. Yeah, but. but the thing, you know, it's not like, and as Donnie, as Commissioner Donnie Willis has pointed out too, this land wasn't really being used for anything. It used uh-huh. it, it used to be used for low production mining. And um, the circumstances are that it really wouldn't be good for much else. And it's unfortunate that people are mad that it's coming to their back door. But the people from the company, of course, I mean, they're not going to bad talk their own their own project, but they're saying that it's not going to be, you know, a lot of noise. Um, They say it doesn't pose any health risks to humans or any wildlife. Um, So. The, the key thing is here, if you have any questions, if you have any concerns, make your way down there for this two-hour thing on the 22nd and, and, and ask these questions to the people that could better answer it. Yeah, I mean, I have a couple of questions like, A, what's it going to look like? Mm-hmm. I think that would probably be what people would be worried about with property values and things yeah. like that. And B, you know, <clears throat> where's the energy going? Right. Well, they, they kind of... What, how, what is that? It Do would they be sell it to someone, or I'm I'm not really sure exactly how that would work. It's not like it's going to. It's not like people are going to be forced to buy the solar energy. It would just be available for purchase. That's an, that's another. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's one of the positives that have been touted all along is the generation of revenue that this would mean for the county. Mm-hmm. And according to 
some figures that were gathered last year by Sam Brady with the Economic Development Partnership and our auditor, Tiffany Ridgeway. This facility, just based on the minimum required animal annual service payment rate of $7,000 per megawatt, it would generate close to a million dollars annually in local tax revenue, which would chiefly benefit, aside from the county itself, would really benefit the Oak Hill Union Local School District yeah. Um, and Bloomfield Township, yep. Jackson County's General Fund, the Board of De- Developmental Disabilities, you know, EMS, Children's Services, Senior Citizens. So a lot of people would, would benefit from the money. Um, and according to the commissioners, they were taken to a site in North Carolina that had recently been finished by this company. And they said that anyone that lived near that area there was a buffer zone between the site and any homes. Okay. So there was like a wood line between the, the actual site oh, and anyone's home. So you couldn't directly see. a solar panel see. in your backyard right. kind of thing. Right. Gotcha. So I don't know if that would be the case with this, um, but, but yeah. It's in the area of Dixon Run Road and Luther Jones Road. I will say I met some of those guys when they were in town, mm-hmm. and they're a hoot. I yeah. mean, they were super nice, like personable folks. Um not that that means anything, but you know they were they were very interesting, yeah, and um, very kind. Yep. So, well, all the information that you would need to uh, contact this company or the Ohio Power Siding Board, all that is in the story online on the TelegramNews.com. Right. It's in it's in Saturday's edition in the story. Um, I even I listed the case number that this is under with the uh, Power Siding Board. So if you would want to file a petition or a complaint, I give you the the caveat how to do that. The phone numbers, email addresses, actual physical addresses to the power siding board, all that is in this story. Well, information is power. So the first thing is to to go to the meeting. Yeah. You know, compile your questions and mm-hmm. you know, ask. Yeah. And that's totally fine. That's what the meeting's for. Abs- that's absolutely what it's for. Yeah. You know, and and uh Go in with an open mind and listen to what everybody has to say. Yeah. And we have a legal notice in the paper, too, that's running prior to that that announces the meeting. Um, okay. We were made aware of this by uh, Dana Schutte again, and she had received – actually, she didn't receive herself. One of her neighbors received a letter from the law firm Bricker & Eckler that's representing mm-hmm. Dixon Run Solar on this to let oh. everyone know that the meeting was coming to okay. give a little overview but again, she she didn't get that herself. She got that from a neighbor who got it at one of the rental properties. So which again, is part of their frustration exactly. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So the frustration's still there. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I'm sure this meeting will be much more well attended than the last yeah. one. But yeah. So there you go. That's it. The nutshell. And is that all you got? That's all I got. That's all I'm good for today. <laughs> no, I think that's awesome. Thanks for doing all that work, Phil. No and problem. and uh, thanks for taking time out of your day to visit with us this morning. We greatly appreciate it. No problem. And thanks we miss you. Me. Come see us. I will. Okay. I'll do that. Bring that beautiful little boy with you, too. Uh, I'm sure he'd be happy to. <laughs> okay. Well, we certainly thank Phil for coming in. Yeah. Gave a very detailed explanation there. And you said information is power. It is. Uh, you know, when these projects come, I guess there's always going to be in people's minds pros and cons, but it should be done through the front door, you know, through the democratic process, everybody Absolutely. getting the chance if they have a, uh, if they have some reason to weigh in on it, to have that opportunity. Yep. And so we do want everybody to know about that meeting. That is your chance to ask questions yeah. uh, right up front, person to person uh, about, about this project, and then you learn more about it. 
So uh, we're going to segue now. It's not a, it's not exactly a smooth segue. We're going to segue from solar farms to arts and culture. And of okay. course, this weekend on Saturday evening, to be to be uh, exact, uh, there was a big fundraising event and concert. Yes, classical pianist concert at the Marquet Cultural Arts Center. And uh, I tell you, we were well represented at that meeting. We had. Uh, our multimedia journalist, uh, Jeremiah Shaver, there to cover for the newspaper and also uh, to stream it live yes. uh, on Facebook. That's and we exciting. also had James Hamilton. Uh, of course, he had his Marquet hat on principally, but of course, he's one of us. So uh, That's right. he was there as well. So Jeremiah is going to come over and talk about that event, uh, how well it hey, went. Hey, Pete, just to interrupt you real quick, want to give Brittany Parsons from Zip Printing a shout out, who was also there helping make this event happen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Even more Brittany, who, is, people who there. is back in zip printing, is a, is one of the best and most active volunteers on the Southern Hills Arts Council, and with that's everything great. to do with the Marquet, and that's what it takes, you know, for these things to work. People to be hands-on supporters, and Brittany certainly is one of them. She may not have her face in front of the camera, but she's important too. So Jeremiah will come over and talk about that, and I know James will chime in as well. Very good. All right, come on over, buddy. Good morning. How Good are morning. You? Great. Thanks for. It's been a little bit. Yeah. Thanks for spending your time with us this morning. Yeah. So as Pete was saying, over the weekend, the uh, Marquet Culture Arts Center had an event there. Um, in addition to that event, um, the Marquet also well, not the Marquet. It was the Southern Hills Art Council. Yes. They received an award. Yes. So I was there to so cover exciting. that. So we can talk a little bit about that first. Um, the award that they received was called Stand for the Arts Okay. Award, and they received $10,000. Woohoo! Yeah, so that was that was a large sum of money yes. for them to receive, and that uh, money came from Ovation TV and Charter Communications. Uh, you know, Charter is Spectrum. Yes. And uh, we had, let's see, what was the gentleman's name? Gary Underwood was the group vice president of government affairs for the Midwest region from charter was there along with um jen <laughs> he scared me pete pete. pete would you sit there and behave pete's pete's throwing <laughs> stuff right. off screen guys okay um so you had gary along with uh jen it was canner and she was from ovation tv okay and they were there to uh present this award to the southern hills art council and uh, our uh, very own Cora Willett was there. You can see her in the picture I on the screen her. there. Uh, was there along with, um, you had the director of operations, Jewel Stewart. And uh, you had the president of the Southern Hills Arts Council there, Matt uh, Wilson. And then on the end, you have um, Jen and Gary uh, who were there to present that award. That's awesome. Um, a, little bit, a little bit about that award. Um, the Stand for the Arts Award recognizes local arts, culture, educational, um, programs. Uh, the program started in 2017 and Ovation TV and Charter have given out 50 awards totaling half a million dollars towards art education to date. And uh, this this year, 15 organizations, including Shack Southern Hills Art Council, received uh, support from Charter across uh, the market. That's so, so good. Yeah, so we were we were there and uh, covered it live. Um, we have that live stream available on both the Telegram News Facebook page, and it's also on my news personality page, Jeremiah Shaver, uh, and it 
it's the Telegram news. I added that on there just to make it easier to find. Um, in addition to, James has got a picture up here. This is, yes. hopefully I don't say the name wrong, um, Teodora. Teodora, right? Teodora. Yeah. There you go. Owen, um, I know you had her on the show yes. last week. She's lovely. She was, and she was very talented. Um, if, uh, if I wish she could, could have seen, could have been there. I don't know. When she, did you stop by? No, I was yeah. out of town. Out of town. Yes. She was she was very talented and just to see her fingers go oh. on that keyboard was something to be seen. That was one of my questions to her and I wasn't trying to be like a smarty butt but like how do you warm your fingers up? Like like I mean it's like you know if you're an athlete you're stretching or whatever like how do you get your fingers to not to not sprain your fingers? Right. Right. So it was it was very entertaining to watch and it was beautiful piano music and she talked a little bit about the piano and uh i will note i, I stayed for the first half they had two halves with an intermission yes. and uh i guess after i left um i was told that uh, someone in the crowd donated ten thousand dollars <gasps> in addition what? to the award and i'm sure there was probably more money given but i wanted to note that because that was um done as well i think That's james might be able to maybe talk a little bit on that uh yeah i mean that pretty well I mean, that's basically it. They, t they took an intermission and during the intermission, somebody, you know, came up to them and said, Hey, I've got a you know, little bit more money I'd like to give you guys. And it was $10,000. It was $10,000. $10, well, that'll do it for yeah. the piano. Yeah. Yep. So I, I, I'm not sure if Jeremiah mentioned this, but this was largely a fundraiser to buy the piano that she was right. playing. That she was playing. Right. And so they were, the original plan was to take 10, excuse me, $5,000 from that $10,000 award and use that as like a matching grant toward paying for the piano. Correct. So the cost of the piano was about $10,000. So they took five with the hope of raising another five through donations to pay for the piano. Well, well that happened. And that, yeah, that, that happened. Thank more. you yeah. to whomever that was. Mm -hmm. Right. And then of course, some of the, the rest of that money will go toward the children's theater program. Of course, their the Apple city players are involved with a children's theater program. Love that. Their, their big project for this year, of course, is going to be a Christmas play, which is completely written, directed, starring all, you know, local people. Very good. It's great. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was pretty, it was, it was attended pretty well, despite the snow that we had fall the, I was <laughs> the so night worried before. about that. That was insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there was, there was a decent crowd there, I would say. Yeah. So, but it was, like I said, it was, uh, it went really well and uh, it was Nice to see. Ho hopefully, maybe later this week we can see a little bit of her uh, performance or something on the oh, show. Oh, would love that. That'd, be, that'd yes. be good. But uh, I think that that James covered up the last little bit I was going to touch on there. I don't think there's anything else really to really to say. Well, thank you for being there yeah. and and you know doing that live because that's it's it's such a it's a, such a wonderful venue and I know that piano is much needed and. Mm -hmm. um, it, it will open the opportunities for, you know, for kid piano recitals and for all of these things that, that the Marquet uh, can do or that people can do at the Marquet. So it's just one more addition to an already amazing facility. Yeah. Love it, that. It'll be great. I know Jules had touched on um, hopefully being able to, I don't know if there was somebody that had interest or somebody that may be interested in maybe doing a piano lessons. Love that. Down the yes. road. So 
that'll that'll be great. So good. Okay. Well, that thank you. We appreciate you. We'll, that. We'll bring Pete back on here, and All he right, can give the rest Pete, of the he news. If he can behave himself. I'll tell you one thing about having that piano there the last few days, Jen. Yeah. You, you learned what you didn't know before. You found out how many people knew know a little bit know how to play the piano a little bit. Everybody's because, stuck. Right. Like, it was sitting on. there on the stage, and then every few minutes you'd see somebody else playing it, and be like, "Oh, I didn't know Cora could play piano." <laughs> <laughs> I've mastered the scale. I can do that. Like a do re mi fa so la ti do. Oh, it's very difficult. It is yeah. just one after the other. Exactly. What you get? What you? What you have to give that away? Listen, sorry, Pete. I didn't mean to, to tell your secret. Thanks, Jeremiah. Um, hey, before we get to the rest of the news, how about we do the cycle search clue for today? Let's do Pete? that. Let's do that. All right. Don't I'll, forget. I'll reveal something this time. Where don't you? I, I mean, I'm trying here. Okay. I, I'm only given. I'm just reading what I'm given. Okay. How's that? Okay. And of course, don't forget one lucky listener will rent when, gosh, a KO250 dirt bike with an accessories package, thanks to Total Media and Honda Suzuki Polaris Can-Am of Jackson. And today's clue brought to you by Kohl's Furniture and Hammond Hardware. So I want to thank them for that. Okay, today is Monday, uh, March 14th. And the clue is, today we take a break from counties that might come into play and visit roads that may show you the way. Hmm. Okay. All right. So there you go. Okay. You just have to put them all together. You do folks. have to put them all together. Okay. You just have to keep listening to the radio. Yep. All right. Okay. Well, we will back to the news. We'll go back to the news, and of course, uh, of course, the big story. You know, if you've got the TV on, uh, the radio on, and you're listening to national news. Of course, it's all international right now with the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. That's certainly dominating the airways for sure. And uh, here in Jackson, there was a community prayer service last Thursday evening, uh, and it was labeled as a community prayer service for Ukraine. And uh, that. Uh, these are the speakers uh, from the community, pastors and other people from the community who offered themed prayers. Uh, kind of along the line of the National Day of Prayer service that we have here every year, sure. uh, just to touch across the, the the different elements of the of the community there. And uh, is that you, Pete Wilson? Uh, I, I was there. I was there in my blue shirt and yellow tie because that's the colors of the Ukrainian yes, flag. Love that. But uh, it was a uh, it was pr fairly well attended. It was in the Family Life Center uh, because that's one of the biggest venues, uh, church venues, probably the biggest in Jackson County. Yep. And uh, 64 people were there in addition to uh, the participants. And uh, they really just started organizing this about uh, uh, a week ago or a week before the service. And uh, they was really he. It was Terry Cavanaugh. He is the minister of the uh, Cove United Methodist Church out in Scioto Township. And of course, he had to have the support of the Reverend Josh Andrews and the Christ United Methodist Church, which of course, that's where the Family Life Center is, uh, to be the host site. But then uh, some other ministers jumped in there. And this is a scene from the end of the service where uh, Pastor Kavanaugh recited the Lord's Prayer. Everybody recited the Lord's Prayer and held up small models of the Ukrainian flag. And uh, it was a, a, a very serious, sober moment there sure. because... Um, because of the prayers and because people are aware if they got if they're listening to the news at all it's just a horrible humanitarian 
thing that is it's going on, crazy. let alone just the, the, the concept of an unprovoked invasion. But uh, not only the military with the civilian deaths, a, a journalist was killed here yeah, just three that. or four days ago. Uh, my prayer was uh, for the for the protection of the journalists sure. who are out there. And, and it was recognized that they are on the front lines, almost like the military. They are uh, you standing know, with the military. You know, a lot. Whether it's accidental or it's not accidental, you know, there has been deaths of civilians where civilians seem to have been targeted and whatever. So, uh, but this prayer service uh, was very nice. We will have a, a story on that uh, in the telegram on uh, Wednesday. That story, by the way, is already online and linked to Facebook, so you can check it out. And we do want to uh, just uh, go back a little bit to the story at the Marquee this weekend. Uh, as you might guess, that will be a big story that will be in our Wednesday edition of the telegram. Jeremiah is working on that with uh, some help from James, so you can look for that too. And what Jeremiah and James discussed, uh, you know, we'll have in words and pictures for you uh, coming here later this week. Okay, of course, uh, locally, you know, I, I guess the two big things that are going on in the country that people are talking about is Ukraine and inflation slash gas prices. And uh, the gas prices actually have stabilized a little bit locally. Um, they've been $4.09 mainly in Jackson County for about a week now, you know, if you're looking at the pump. Is that what you're seeing too, Jennifer? Yeah, and I was looking when we were driving because we went quite a uh, quite a long way up north. Uh, and, yeah, it was about like the 409 range seemed to be Is that what of, you're seeing other yeah, places? Yeah, Well, I went online this morning before we went on the air, and the average price in Jackson County, and this is fresh as of 5 a.m. this morning, was 4 Point oh eight nine. Okay. In Vinton County, four point oh seven nine. Uh, in the state of Ohio, four point oh seven six. Nationally, four point thirty two five. Okay. And you can find seven dollar gas prices, seven dollars a gallon gas prices in some places. California, I think, is the worst. If you're talking about worst wow. being the highest, and uh, the gas analysts are now saying. That it looks like that it's stabilized for now, but if it goes anyway, they expect it to go up more. Uh-huh. Part of that, Great. part of that is the typical <laughs> increases that occur because of the summer blend, There's, yeah. and the, the the demand tends to be uh, more. However, I think you're going to see people. You've already seen people maybe change their driving habits a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not you know, be frivolous uh, with an extra trip that maybe they don't need. Maybe they won't run out of town to to do shopping or go to a restaurant or whatever. Maybe they might not go up the road to Chillicothe or Athens or wherever. Which is you bad know. for the economy, by the way. Right. You know, it, it's about, it's going to have indirect effects, sure. the gas prices. And then, you know, everything else, uh, food and all like that, it's affected because, you know, they have to get the food and the products to all these places, the uh, retail places. So, you know, it's all going to be affected. It's not going to go away. And it's going to, uh, without a doubt, I'm no economist, without a doubt, it makes sense that's going to fuel maybe more inflation than what we've already had because it was already happening. Right. So anyway, we'll keep you, uh, we'll try to keep you uh, on that story with local figures as well. Because, you know, of course, we're all feeling it. Uh, there'll be a big event in Vinton County at the schools tomorrow evening, Jen. It, uh, they're going to have the, uh, the Southeastern Ohio Regional Spring Conference for the Ohio School Boards Association. Okay. Uh, school districts from all over Southeastern Ohio, a big area, a big area, will be represented at Vinton County High School uh, for this spring conference. 
And one of the things that will occur will be the Vinton County High School Jazz Band and High School Choir providing entertainment. So that will be a big performance for them. Uh, just a lot of school officials there. There will be honors that will be given, not just locally, but regionally as well. It'll be a big coming together party. Uh, party's probably not the right word. A conference, a gathering. Uh, but I'm sure they'll have a good time too. Well, yeah. uh, networking and all like that. Uh, that'll be tomorrow evening in, in Vinton County. Uh, also... Uh, a couple other things that happened this weekend. Uh, we talked about, you know, several fundraisers. I uh, referred to that at the beginning of the at the beginning of, the, of of being on the air today. Uh, one of those events uh, goes back uh, almost fifty years in a Jackson years. County, yeah. and that is the Troop Fifty Seven Boy Scout uh, di uh, Spaghetti Dinner yes. and Auction. And here are the folks uh, behind the in the kitchen with showing a one of those spaghetti dinners as you can see uh looks very delicious very generous on the sauce there uh, we appreciate that yeah uh and a piece of uh, coconut cream pie all that for just seven dollars wow i know i know you can appreciate that cost uh, there yes but uh you had you got a salad you got spaghetti you got a breadstick and then you got a dessert all for seven dollars awesome. and i'm sure they got a lot of that donated and so a lot of the proceeds of course all the all the volunteer help to prepare the food and whatever helped in uh, making the money. But uh, the man on the right there holding that uh, dinner tray is Troop 57 Scoutmaster Jim Lamaster. And uh, I was there uh, to enjoy the spaghetti and also cover the event. And they use this money, uh, Troop 57, to fund a lot of the activities during the year. And that includes uh, summer camp. And this year, of course, they're going to have to travel farther to go to summer camp because of the closing of the Chief Logan Boy Scout Reservation just nearby. I think uh, these scouts will be going to a scout camp near Newark. Okay. But also, this is very exciting, uh, there are at least six scouts and some leaders that will be going to uh, the National Boy Scout Ranch at Philmont, New Mexico. So that's going to be super cool. You know, we, we hear about the, some of the local scouts and leaders doing this on a regular basis. A lot of them don't do it annually because it is a big uh, expense and all. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this will help pay for that trip this year. Uh, Troop 57 is based in Wilson, uh, sponsored by the Hope United Methodist Church. Uh, but it does include scouts from all over Jackson County. But uh, the big thing about this was, uh, you know, there was a good attendance, not as much as in past years, because, you know, COVID affected them. One year, I believe 2020, they weren't able to have it at all. It got canceled within a couple of weeks of it being scheduled. That's when the first cases started to occur here. Mm -hmm. In 2021, they did kind of a drive-up spaghetti yeah. dinner type thing where you could get, Which a, was great, you could get a dinner, no congregate uh, event or anything. Yeah. And they had an auction off-site. I believe Randy Patterson down they at did. Armed and Ready did yes. that. And so, you know, it was not a complete wash. It, it, you know, they improvised. They made it work. But this year, it was not quite a full event. They didn't do a couple of the activities they usually do. Um, they have some fun events like a spaghetti eating contest, a pie eating contest. They didn't, they didn't feel quite comfortable doing that. But they did have a big auction. I can't tell you how many uh, auction items were in that room. And, of course, that raised a lot of money. Live auction. Uh, Dennis Case was the auctioneer for that, helped by his uh, a wife, Jennifer Case. Uh, John Stabler being one of the ringmen there. And the scouts themselves presented, the, and dis presented and displayed the gifts. A lot of people stepped up to buy those auction items. Yes. Uh, it, it inept a lot of money. And it's a two-sided thing. You appreciate all the buyers who stepped up to buy things. Maybe some of the things maybe they didn't even need. And you talked about 
all the donations. Mm-hmm. I mean, there had to be between the silent auction, the Chinese auction, and the live auction, there had to be, I mean, literally hundreds of items. I'm wow. guessing 200 to 300. That's just what I could see on the tables That's there. Awesome. I mean, I only stayed for part of it. It could have gone on for some time, but I'm sure that that was a big fundraiser for the scouts. And of course, we will have coverage of that in our uh, Wednesday paper. Another big fundraiser yeah. took place the same evening at the Park's <laughs> Edge Event Center. And, of course, you know, uh, we have a good connection here at Total Media with the Jackson High School Baseball Program. We broadcast, we have for the last seven or eight years, uh, the home games for the Jackson baseball team. The program has been very successful on the field and off the field, getting community support. And I'll tell you what, after I went to uh, uh, St. Peter and Paul Parish off the spaghetti dinner, I thought, well, I have time to stop off at Parts Edge. I went in there, Holy and that room moly. was full. Look at that. I mean, it was wow. it, it was incredible. Parks Edge Event Center, if you're wondering, seats about 400. And there were people standing on the walls. There were some people who came to get the chicken noodle dinner, which was part of the ticket package. Yeah. And they just, you know, got it and left. Maybe they were intending to do that. Maybe they didn't care about attending the auction. Maybe yeah. that was their way of supporting. Maybe they like chicken noodles. But they I mean, were, who doesn't? Right. They were, they were there for that $10 cost. And then they also had a uh, either either a silent or Chinese auction. I'm not sure which, but they did have some event, some uh, buyers for that, of course. But the big thing was they had a live auction. Patrick Ball did it. The uh, infectious enthusiasm of Patrick Ball helped on that. And here are some people who represented uh, the uh, $1,000, which was the top price for one of the gift baskets. Ted Wolford there on the right. He's been around for a long time. Yes. Had kids go through the program. He's got a grandson that plays on that baseball team yep. now, Cade Wolford. Of course, his son, Shane, one of the great athletes to come through Jackson High School and now a teacher. He paid $1,000 for the senior gift basket. That was the top price. Nice. The lowest price given was $700. So you had what you had was six baskets, grades 7 through 12. Each had a theme basket oh. or gift package. And so in that picture, you also have from left to right, you know, if you're watching on your monitor, uh, that's Jackson head coach Josh McGraw. That is senior baseball player Drew Bragg representing the players. Uh, The support group for the Jackson baseball program Mm -hmm. is aptly called the Jackson Ironman Bullpen Club. And Molly Simons, who I believe uh, she has a son in the eighth grade who is a baseball player, she and a good community person, regardless. Yes. She's the president of the of the bullpen club, and then there is, of course, Ted Warford, who opened his pocketbook to pay one thousand dollars there on the right. And I have no idea how much they made, but um, you know, now in spite of the efforts of the school to support the athletic department and like that, to do it the way they want to, it's going to take some private money as well. This also helps avoid the dreaded pay to play that happens at. In some schools, because there just isn't enough money for athletics. But this will go, the money that came from this fundraiser will go to such things as equipment, buy baseballs, uniforms. All those things are maybe more expensive than you might think. Absolutely. Also this year, I don't know whether any of the money will be used for this, but it could be. This year, the team is going to Myrtle Beach for a week yes. during the year. So talk about that uh, is so talk about a, a, a workplace situation. I said work first there. But, uh, you know, they obviously have a chance to enjoy being in one of the top vacation spots in the country there yep. and play some baseball, too. That will be during mid-April that they'll be there. It'll be a working-type vacation for them. But uh, uh, both uh, Molly Simons and Josh McGraw were just overwhelmed 
by the support. I was overwhelmed when I went in there. Right. I said, "What is going on? Are, <laughs> you know, is Elvis people. here?" Or, you know, I was looking around, <laughs> but it was it was really something. But uh, we are going to have coverage of that uh, in one of the papers this week as well. Okay, uh, last week Jennifer was the first session of the Lay Lenten luncheons mm-hmm. in Jackson. Yes, and that's a very popular ecumenical thing that has gone in got, taken place in Jackson for many years. It goes back. Uh, I'm not even sure how far, but, you know, as long as I can remember, it's been there. And it's always held at the First Baptist Church of Jackson. And those were two of the ladies from the First Baptist Church who had uh, two big kettles of homemade soup they were serving. Uh, That's Laura Thorne, the retired librarian on the left. And on the right is uh, another one of the church's uh, pillars, Judy Gordon. Yes. And uh, here's how the lay luncheon worked in Jackson County. It's held at the First Baptist Church mm-hmm. of Jackson at noon each Wednesday during Lent. So the first session was last Wednesday. It will go four more weeks right up into Easter. Anybody can go. You don't have to have a ticket. You don't have to have a reservation. You don't have to belong to a church. It starts at noon, and it starts with a light lunch, although the lunch I saw wasn't light. They had so much. The Baptist ladies were prepared there. And then they have what they call a devotional service, not a sermon, but each week somebody gives a message. There are a number of churches that are uh, that are the organizing forces here. They kind of take turns, don't but they? But they t- they take yeah. turns taking care of the lunch and the and the devotional program. Last week it was the First Baptist Church. This week on Wednesday it will be the Christ United Methodist Church. The next week it'll be the First Presbyterian Church of Jackson. Then the Grace United Methodist Church, and finally on the week uh, Palm Sunday week it will be the Faith Lutheran Church okay. uh, group. So. Uh, uh, th- once again, their attendance was down from what it's usually been. I think they were prepared for 100, and they had maybe 60-some. So by all means, uh, you need to go out. And uh, th- this is happening this year, you know, uh, with the COVID cases going down. Uh, you don't have to wear a mask. If you want to, you can. Sure. Uh, but uh, they have it in the basement, uh, the big basement room of the First Baptist Church, and everybody uh, is welcome to go any, any, any or anyone or all weeks if they want to. And the next session is Wednesday at noon at the First Baptist Church. It's there by the library in Jackson. Also this weekend, Jennifer, uh, we're going to start having spring plays at our local high schools. And the first one uh, will be down in Oak Hill this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, Bryce Wernz, who, uh, you know, I don't think he ever stops doing things at Oak Hill. He's the band director, uh, is involved in the vocal music part two, although I don't think he does all that by himself anymore. Uh, he's National Honor Society advisor, and he does all these great trips and activities to make it interesting for the kids, and they have a lot of participation. Uh, he uh, he also uh, helps direct the play, and it's going to be Singing in the Rain Junior this time. That is a well-known oh, musical. That. Right, and that's going to be uh, three different days this weekend, 7.30 p.m. on Friday and Saturday evenings, and then also Sunday afternoon at... Uh, at uh, 3 p.m. And you can get tickets in advance from any student, $7 adults, $5 for students. You can get them at the high school as well. If you get them at the door, there probably will be tickets available, but they'll be $10. So that's coming up as well. We also want to tell you, speaking of churches, we'll go to a Wellston church. The Hope United Methodist Church of Wellston has had a wonderful outreach uh, service community outreach service that I've had for many years. It's called the Community Lunch. And it's at the church on one Wednesday in, in, in March, or one Wednesday each month. It's usually in the middle of the month. 
they're going to resume that. They haven't done it for two years because of COVID-19. And it's going to be, it's going to start at 1130. It will run until 1 p.m. That's the lunch serving time. You can come to the Hope United Methodist Church and have a home-cooked meal. This is open to anybody. It's it's considered a community service type thing. It's not just because you're in need. It's not because you're a member of the church. Anybody can come and enjoy a great meal. And the first meal, the feature uh, entree is going to be home the homemade meatloaf of Debbie Darling. Woo-hoo. So I understand that that's a, a legendary dish in Wellston, well known there. Debbie Sounds retired good. from uh, as a music director at the schools. I do believe that's what she did. Uh, but anyway, that's eleven thirty to one o'clock uh, this Wednesday, March sixteenth. And then if things go well, I think they'll be doing it every month, and it's completely free, of course. And the church folks are very welcoming. They make you welcome, just like the folks at the Lenten Luncheon do. A couple of other bulletin announcements to make. Hard Scrapple Road, uh, which is in Coal Township, a section of that uh, is closed uh, today and will be closed for two to three weeks through a bridge replacement project. The closing site is just south of Ed Davis Road. That's County Road 86. In Benton County, on the uh, highway construction update, not highway construction, but tree trimming is going to be going along on State Route 356 between U.S. Route 50 and the Athens County line. This is on the eastern uh, end of the county. Uh, this will st- this started today. It's likely to go on through April 1st, but that road will be closed during daytime hours, 8 a.m. to 3 while they're doing this work. It's uh, time approximate. They hope to be done by April the 1st, but during those hours, you can't travel on State Route 356. Okay in in Benton County. Uh, turning to sports real quickly, we talked about McKenna Craft. Yes. Uh, and McKenna uh, was in the boys' meet, and she actually won one of the meets uh, yeah. in, the, in, the, in the tournament <laughs> there before she was defeated. But here she is. She was honored at the last Jackson City Board of Education meeting. There That's she is. So if, you, if you saw that picture, would you think that she's a championship Look wrestler? Look at that. <laughs> I know she's just a doll. Right. Well, in that picture with her is, of course, her coach. That's Brandon Oliver on the left. And on the right, it, representing the Jackson City Board of Education is Dr. Brian Morris, mm-hmm. one of the school board members. <laughs> so congratulations so proud to of her. her. Speaking of wrestling, we've got two junior high wrestlers from Jackson who have made it to the state tournament for the junior high kids. No way. Right, exactly. That's awesome. Uh, That speaks well for the future. Yes. The two wrestlers are Grant Kennedy. He is a heavyweight. Uh, That is Grant right there, big boy, an eighth grader, and he is qualified for the state state junior high meet. And the other young man, he wrestles in the 84-pound division, is Braden McKinnis. So we got two kids on on both ends of the weight spectrum there, a lightweight and a heavyweight. But both of them have wrestled well enough during the season and into the tournament to qualify for the state tournament. It's going to be next Saturday, March the 19th, uh, at Youngstown, Ohio. And uh, we'll certainly be following that. Uh, Sports editor Todd Compson had a story uh, in last week's paper. Speaking of sports, the Waverly Tigers are in the state tournament. Yay! And, and you know, uh, even though, you know, uh, that's the team that, that beat Jackson hey, in the tournament. we set that aside because then they're the local team and you have to root for them. Right, right. Oh, yeah. They're that's, representing. In Southeastern Ohio, Southeast we, we hopefully Ohio. can close ranks when that's one of right. our own gets to the state because it's so hard to do. But Waverly defeated Heath High School out of Licking County 
46 to 45 in overtime Ooh. last Saturday over at the Ohio University Convocation Center. Wow. So uh, congratulations that for the first time since 1970, Waverly is sending a boys basketball team to the state tournament. And, you know, if Waverly goes all the way, Jackson, the Jackson Army can say that they were they they were outed by the state champion. So there you go. that's another reason to root for the Tigers. Now, who will they be playing, Pete? They will be playing uh, Friday evening at 8.30, and it's at the University of Dayton Arena, not okay. in Columbus this year, okay. 8.30 p.m. Friday. And I know that you can buy streaming on that, and I think, I'm not positive, I believe the state championship games will be on free TV. Okay. They were last year. So I may be speaking out of turn, but that was the way they set it up last year. Will Dan Dan and Pete be there? Dan Dan and Pete will be uh, in uh, Jackson County, as far as I know, Okay, doing other things, <laughs> but still rooting for the yes, Tigers. absolutely. Let's go Waverly. All right. And speaking of basketball, it's basketball mania time here at Total Media. It is. Right. Of course, we had Selection Sunday. You know, everybody seems to get into this. You don't have to be a basketball junkie to do this, but... Um, the selection Sunday for the NCAA tournament was held on Sunday. So fun to uh, watch those teams, like, you know, watching to see if they get into right. the tournament or not. They get so excited. And we we have our, our own tournament where you get to try to pick the winners. We call it Basketball Mania instead yes. of March Madness. And uh, it's very easy to do. You can complete a ballot that will be uh, printed in our Saturday paper. We'll have a big four-page spread in our Wednesday paper. So you want to pick it up for that reason okay. as well as the news. Uh, but we also have them online. I believe it's online right now. Is that right, James? Yeah, we've had 40 people submit brackets already. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And so, you have until when to do that, Pete? Noon Tuesday. Noon, noon Thursday. Noon Thursday. Because that's okay. when the game that's starts. That's when it starts. And if you, you can mail in your, your printed bracket as well, but it has to be postmarked on Thursday. Okay. If you drop it off, you know, a paper ballot, you can do that. You need to do that here at our uh, at the Stockmeister Plaza where Total Media is located right. 708 East Main Street. You know, if you do it online, you know you're doing it with the click of a finger or whatever. You can go to uh, the Telegram the the telegramnews.com our website. Okay. You can also get it through uh, the Total Media website as well. You'll see a link there uh, to be able to enter. Uh, doesn't cost anything to enter and you could win uh, there the total prize package is $600. Uh, I believe, and maybe James can correct me on this, uh, we're dividing it up. Is it 300, 200, and 100? I believe that's how we did it last year, and that's how we'll do it again this year. All okay. right. Okay. And I believe last Because James says so. Last year, <laughs> last year, I believe we had uh, a teenager, Oliver Milliken. That's yeah. right. Is that, is that right? Nephew Oliver. of Courtney. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. so, I mean, like I say, we, we get uh, entries, uh, you know, <laughs> ranging the age uh, spectrum, you know, uh, all the way through, because it's just fun to uh, enter that. And uh, we certainly appreciate the sponsors who made it possible because we have 64 blocks there because there are 64 games and uh, a sponsor supports each one of those. And once again, you can see, you can read about this already, you know, online, see the rules, see how to do it. And it will also be, of course, in our Wednesday edition of the paper. Uh, when you get that paper in the mail or you pick it up at the newsstand, you have uh, you have most of one day to uh, complete that entry. Okay. So uh, you don't have to be on the computer to do it, or you can do it on the computer. It's up to you. Okay. Uh, but Jennifer, we got lots of things going on this week that we're going to cover. Uh, some of the meetings I talked about. Uh, we're going to be spread out all over covering these things. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Today, Jeremiah Shaver will be at the Oak Hill Chamber of Commerce meeting. Uh, this evening, Red Thompson Jr. will be at the Wellston American Legion Post. That's where uh, the Legion Post and uh, Wellston High School kids will be filling Easter eggs for the big Easter egg hunt oh, next month. Oh, goody! So that's a nice thing. Jackson City Council meets tonight. I'll be there. Wellston School Board meets tonight. Phil Buffington will be there. We'll see how close they are to their superintendent search. They may be moving that direction towards completing that. Uh, the CIB meeting is tomorrow that we told you about. Uh, the Oak Hill School Board will be meeting on uh, Wednesday evening. Uh, the county commissioners in both Jackson and Vinton counties will be meeting on Tuesday. We could have a development on the double homicide murder case in Vinton County. Preliminary hearings coming up okay. uh, sometime later this month, maybe even sometime this week. So we'll certainly be covering that. Uh, Colton Village Council on Tuesday evening. Jeremiah Shaver's got that beat. And I know that Red Thompson Jr. will be up there to hear the Vinton County kids sing at that spring regional conference. So busy, busy, busy. And Lots we'll be of stuff. Covering it all uh, in the telegram. Wow, Pete. Right. And uh, what Lots kind of, of what, what kind of weather will we have to do all this work? By well, the way? I don't know, James. Do you have that weather forecast? It's actually looking much better this week. So we will take it. It just cracks me up when we go from 60 degrees to six to eight inches of snow back to 60 degrees again. And you wonder why everybody has a cold. But here you go. Today looking beautiful, uh, partly cloudy skies, highs around 60 degrees. So we will have some sunshine out there. Uh, lows around 35. Tomorrow about the same, but a little bit warmer. Highs of 63. Then looking on to Wednesday, much warmer. Highs of 68. Lows only getting down into the 40s. So, And it's looking that way kind of through the weekend. So we will take it. I'll take 60 degrees. Right. You know, in these weather changes, the big news is it looks like that the Easter lilies in the Wilson side yard survived. That's they, right. They are, They're they, starting they are, to... They are show their little faces. Anytime the weather warms up, they're gonna pop up through there. I don't care if it's January. Yep. And somehow they survive. The daffodils <laughs> and the little crocuses. Because you know, it, 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 my phone said it got down to six degrees. Did it really? <laughs> yeah, wow. On, on the overnight there, uh, heading into uh, Sunday. Yeah, it was cold. It was cold. Yes, Absolutely. yesterday morning. All right. Well, thank you so much, Pete. You're awesome. And um, we appreciate you all so much for watching. And uh, we will be back here tomorrow. Do we have any guests this yeah, week? Pete, you want to talk about this a little bit? John Moore is going to be in tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, John Moore is going to be in tomorrow. And of course, uh, everybody knows him when he has his Cardo's hat on. He's the <gasps> Cardo's pizza man. I wonder if he'll bring man. us something. Uh, I don't know whether we It's a little early in the morning, but who knows? Oh, it's never too well, early when, for pizza, when Pete. When Pete told me that John was coming in, the way that Pete started the conversation is, I'm getting ready to go to Cardo's. <laughs> and I thought the next part of that sentence was going to be, what would you like for lunch? Yeah, but he, no, he didn't offer, <laughs> no, did he? No, he didn't. Okay. All right. Well, I'm sorry about that. I was insensitive there. But anyway, John Moore, uh, what he does in the community, and he does a lot, but the big project that he's doing, and he is the driver, on he's not alone, but he is the driver, is what Truth Sports is doing in the development of a sports field yes. that will be mainly be for soccer uh, off McCarty Lane there. You can see a sign there if you're driving on McCarty Lane, you know, the other direction from Dakotas, if you're heading towards US 35 there, you'll see it on the left, you'll see a sign. There's a big field there. They're starting to do some work. But even this spring, they hope to have youth soccer there. And this is a private fundraising drive to make this happen. And so that is 
so important. You know, we talked about how people step up to support good causes. Mm-hmm. He has had a great response so far, and but he but they still need more money, and he's going to tell us all about the project, what they want to do there, and what they need to make it happen. Well, we can't wait to talk with him tomorrow and and find out all about that. That's going to be a great thing. He's a very good guy, John Moore. Yes. All right. Uh, Again, thank you so much for watching. And we'll be right back here tomorrow with our special guest, John Moore. So have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.